Hi there! Welcome to episode 13 of the Waveback Music Podcast. Today is the first annual Halloween Spooky Special, featuring spooky music from many different games. Enjoy! Hello again! This is the Waveback Music Podcast, a show where we listen to and reminisce about some of the best video game music there is. My name is Chris, and I am your host. We're back sooner than usual because it's Halloween, and I wanted to do a little something special. So today we'll be playing 12 songs from 12 different games of the spooky variety. These are the songs that remind me of Halloween as far as video games are concerned. At least, they're the first ones that came to mind. It's quite the eclectic bunch, and there's plenty to get to, so let's get things started. Our first song of the evening comes from the Super Nintendo classic Super Castlevania 4. We'll be listening to Theme of Simon. Uh, it is by Taro Kudo, who is known for Axelé and uh, de- doing design work on the Paper Mario series and uh, Super Mario RPG, and Masanori Adachi, <laughs> who also worked on Axelé Snatcher and the NES version of Russian Attack. Now, this song is probably one of the best video game related Halloween songs I've ever heard. It's, let's see, uh, Castlevania for the NES was remarkably spooky. Um, and when the Super Nintendo came around, everybody was really excited to see what 16-bit iterations of their favorite Nintendo franchises were going to look like, you know, after seeing Super Mario World and Legend of Zelda and and all, all the Contra, Konami, we were all very excited for Castlevania. And Super Castlevania 4 delivered on a lot of those fronts. It it missed the boat in a few weird ways. Like there's some there was some growing pains as far as uh, going from NES to Super NES on a Castlevania on a visual front. Like the standalone graphics are really quite nice. The the animation could be better, but there's a lot of really cool effects. But the one thing that they knocked out of the park from the get-go was the music. Super Castlevania 4's music was spectacular and starting just right from the beginning, was it just right out of the gate, and I mean gate literally, uh, the music was incredible. So you start off outside of Castlevania. You're Simon, you're walking towards this drawbridge in this really slow, creepy uh, violin string sound starts coming in. And as you're walking along, all you hear is just these two, two, maybe three notes going over and over again, building the tension and you get to a drawbridge, and you walk over over the drawbridge, and as soon as you cross it, it starts slowly moving up with this crunching noise. And then, it's, then you walk through the gate, and then all of a sudden, this, this fence just shoots up out of the ground with this really loud crunching noise. And then the song starts, and, well, let's listen to the song, and then we'll talk about how it goes. Here is Theme of Simon from Super Castlevania IV.
Now, as you heard, first off, it started off with those strings, which sounded far more realistic than anything that ever come out of a Castlevania game before. But then that that organ comes in, and it's just like, ooh, this is really spooky and eerie, and there's leaves all over the place, everything is looking really cool, there's transparency effects, oh, it's so good. And then just the, the drums kick in, and the song just kind of takes off in very classic Castlevania fashion. And it goes up and down, it's like, it's, it's all upfront rock, and then it kind of pulls itself back to being a little bit spooky again. This song is so dynamic, it's so, so good. Um... And the folks behind this, uh, Masanori Adachi and Taro Kudo, oh boy, I'm so bad at names, uh, they did just a, a miraculous job on this soundtrack. The whole game soundtrack is wonderful. Um, but this song in particular, great Halloween track. So, let's uh, not waste any more time. We're going to move on to our second song of the night, which is Haunted Graveyard from Super Ghouls and Ghosts by Mari Yamaguchi. Um, now, S- Super Ghouls and Ghosts uh, is the, I think, third in the series of Ghosts and Goblins slash Ghouls and Ghosts games. Uh, it's it's a strange series, and this song has appeared in, as far as I know, every version of the Ghosts and Goblins slash Ghouls and Ghosts series. But this is my favorite version that I've ever heard. Um, because, again, this is on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, so Capcom, not to be outdone by Konami's use of an organ, hits up the organ sound gorgeously in this one. But what they did uh, with this song, and, and actually this soundtrack in general, which was very different from what you got from Castlevania, was what Capcom did was they shot for a very orchestrated feel. So there's there's no rock and roll drums or real you know, rock and roll bass. The bass in uh, the, the Super Ghouls and Ghosts soundtrack is primarily things like tuba and, and whatnot. It sounds extraordinary, especially given how early of a Super Nintendo game this is. So uh, Mari Yamaguchi uh, was known for... Let's see, she has done music for... She did the music for UN Squadron for Super Nintendo, which is... Wow. Really, really great soundtrack. She did the music for Mega Man 5. Uh, she contributed to Mega Man 10. Uh, she did the Sheep Man stage, which is one of my favorite tracks from the game. Uh, and, and she's awesome. <laughs> she's just a great composer. So um, without further ado, here is Haunted Graveyard from Super Ghouls and Ghosts. <laughs>
Now, like I said, there have been a lot of different versions of this song over the years. It's it's appeared in a bunch of different games, even more modern games like Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins for PSP. And while that great orchestrated version of the song is, is very cool, there's something about this one that just has that perfect blend of retro charm and realism to it. It's just it's just a wonderful, wonderful piece, and it's it's so well rendered here because when you really think about it, this is a a modernization of a really you know chip tuney chip tune song. Like if you go back and listen to the eight bit version of it, it sounds very simple, but the little pieces that they added to it make it sound so much more sweeping and orchestral and still very spooky and Halloweeny at the same time. It's so ah, it's so good. It fits it fits the theme of this game incredibly well. Speaking of the NES, we're going to go ahead and take a trip back to the Nintendo Entertainment System and listen to our third track of the night, which comes from the legendary DuckTales. This soundtrack was done by Hiroshige Tonomura, who um, was credited... F- this, is, this is actually a strange thing. The uh, Hiroshige Tonomura, as far as I could tell, was only credited for a handful of games, most of which never came out here in America, uh, like 1943 Kai... Uh, and Destiny of an Emperor, which I'm pretty sure came out here in America, but the DuckTales soundtrack is freaking legendary, and the composer didn't really do a whole lot, it seems, which is a shame, because I'd love to see what else the he or she has in them. I'm pretty sure this was a he. Uh, boy, oh boy, research. Anyways, um, we're going to be obviously listening to the Transylvania track from DuckTales, because it's it fits the mood. It fits the mood perfectly. Uh, and this is this is a great song. It's definitely not my favorite song on the soundtrack, uh, but it's still a really, really good song. I had toyed with the idea of going with the Jay Kaufman version uh, from DuckTales Remastered, but there's pieces of it... Like, I, I mentioned in the last episode that I think dubstep is horrible, and there's these weird kind of dubstep tropes applied to this song in the remastered version that just kind of knock it knock it off the shelf for me a little bit, which is such a shame, because what he did with some of this uh, original tune, the instrumentation of it in the remastered version is, is, well, quite masterful. But let's listen to the original from DuckTales for NES, Transylvania.
Now, in the, the Jake Kaufman remixed version, he added this, uh, kind of, like, surf rock vibe to it, so it was, like, the really spooky, the, the, the beat was the same, but it also had that surf rock guitar come in there for the, the you know, the call and answer of the, uh, the main, uh, melody. It was so smart, it was so really well done, but this stage, man, this stage used to bug the heck out of me. Because I kept forgetting which mirrors to go through. This takes place in a haunted house in Transylvania, and uh, you're 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 pogo jumping around, and you you find all these mirrors that transport you back and forth. And uh, for some reason, I when I was a little kid, I had a trouble keeping track of which mirrors took me where, and this stage drove me bananas. But speaking of haunted houses, it's time to move on to track number four, and track number four is the main theme from Luigi's Mansion, but. It's 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 a little bit something special because this one is not just going to be the music from the game. It is going to be sung by Luigi. Uh, before we get to the track, I will point out that it is this is done by Kazumi Totaka, who we've mentioned on the show before. He is responsible for the music, uh, a bunch of the music in Mario Paint, Virtual Boy Wario Land, Wii Sports. He was the sound director for Link's Awakening, Pikmin 2, the Animal Crossing series, and a whole lot more. Kazumi Totaka is a legend of Nintendo video game music, and the Luigi's Mansion theme was just something special. So, let's jump right in. Here is main theme from Luigi's Mansion, as sung by Luigi. That was probably one of my favorite things about this game was walking around the castle and listening to Charles Martinet's ver- you know voiceover of Luigi just humming along the, the main melody and then pressing the button and, and and hearing him yell Mario oh so good this game this game was really special because this was a the launch title for the GameCube this was the I guess Mario game for the launch of the GameCube, and it was vastly different from your typical Mario game. I mean, it's Luigi; you can't really jump, 
Uh, you're just running around with a vacuum on your back, sucking up ghosts. But the amount of character in this game, and the the just the pure wonderment of the animation, um, it's really one. It, it holds up remarkably well from a visuals standpoint. It's crazy to look at this game. Uh, if you don't really know the story of it, Luigi inherits a mansion in a contest that he never entered, uh, and he goes there, and it's full of all kinds of crazy ghosts, and not just the regular Boo ghosts from the Super Mario series. Some really creative and freaky uh, ghost designs. This is a great game, um, and the sequel for the 3DS is also very good, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Uh, if you've never played these games track them down. I'm really hoping Nintendo jumps on the the, uh, the market of re-releasing some of their GameCube titles because uh, there's a lot of great games on the GameCube and they really deserve a second shot at being extremely mainstream and successful. But speaking of ghosts, boy am I on top of the segues. Uh, speaking of ghosts, the next track, our track number five is going to be from The Secret of Monkey Island for the PC. Uh, this soundtrack was done by Michael Land, who uh, did a bunch of other PC soundtracks like Star Wars X-Wing, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, and other Monkey Island games. Uh, and there was also an, the, another da- name attached to it was Patrick Mundy. I couldn't find any real information on this guy online other than him being credited uh, as a composer on The Secret of Monkey Island. So, not entirely sure what his role was, but... Whatever it was, it must have been good, because the music in The Secret of Monkey Island is phenomenal. Um, The music that we're going to be listening to tonight is uh, LeChuck's Ship, and it's going to be from the CD version of the game. This was originally released on DOS. Uh, The first time I played it was on uh, Compact Disc version, um, back when that was like a big deal. And the soundtrack that they did for this was just so amazing. It was... It, it was such high-quality MIDI-type stuff, and it, it really reminds me of PC gaming in that era in, in a really heartwarming sort of way. I remember when we got our first PC at home, and we got a handful of games with it. We got Ultima 6, The False Prophet, um, the Compton's Interactive Encyclopedia, Wing Commander, and The Secret of Monkey Island. And I was always kind of put off by putting in The Secret of Monkey Island, but man, when I did, I felt like an idiot for not trying it sooner, because this game is amazing, and, and the music is really top-notch as well, but Monkey Island will probably get its own episode sometime in the future, so we're not going to talk too much about it. Uh, setting the stage for this music, there is a ghost pirate that has kidnapped the governor, uh, who is also your the main character, Guybrush Threepwood's love interest. And uh, you eventually wind up on the ghost pirate LeChuck's ghost ship, and this really cool song plays. It's kind of a spooky ghost pirate shanty, but with lots of really neat sound effects. So, here is LeChuck's ship from The Secret of Monkey Island.
the most wonderfully spooky song I've ever heard relating to a ghost ship. I don't know what it is. This, um, th- the violin sounds, just the, the very creepy fiddle kind of thing that's going on there is, it sounds so good, and it's like it's you're getting into this little shanty, and it's like quasi-spooky, and then those weird sound effects come in. And what's really neat about this is that um, I'm trying to remember if there's a whole lot of pirates playing along, but there's a ghost pirate kind of conducting this music on the, the deck of the ship the whole time. It's This game is so full of character. Really, really. Um, this one that I played, like I said, was from the CD version of the soundtrack. They remastered this game, too, um, with an HD remaster with full voiceovers. It was incredibly well done. The soundtrack also remarkably well done. I think Michael Land came back and did the soundtrack again for the new version. And there's a new version of this song. It sounds great, but for my money, just my heart belongs to this original version, sort of original version, my original version, because this is my favorite. Anyway, uh, we're going to move on to track number six, uh, which comes from a game called Goonies 2, which we just spoke about on the last issue of the Stone Age Gamer. This is not a so much a sequel to the movie The Goonies, so much as it is a sequel to the game the Goonies, which was based off the movie The Goonies. So, Goonies 2 is the sequel to Goonies the Game. Uh, it's for the Nintendo Entertainment System, and the soundtrack was by... Um, the soundtrack was done by Sato Terashima, uh, who did the original Goonies soundtrack for Famicom, worked on Castlevania for the NES, Vampire Killer for the MSX, Life Force for the NES, and more. This is a name you are going to hear again before the end of the night. Um, but let's just talk real quick about Goonies 2. So Goonies 2, the game, uh, while the movie of the Goonies was, was relatively spooky in, in its own sort of way, Goonies 2, the game, kind of picks up on that overall tone, where it's really fun, but it's also got this kind of eerie vibe to it. And I'll never forget this music uh, in particular, because there's something about when I heard this music as a kid that really got under my skin. Um... The movie we're gonna the, the movie the music we're gonna listen to is uh, as far as I can tell it's just called Room but this is the the game itself is a side-scrolling platformer more or less and you have a yo-yo as a weapon and you run around and you jump and you kind of adventure through these caves but you also go through doors and go through these like hallways and whatnot and I don't know what it is about this music but it is so eerie and if you remember a couple episodes ago um. We're talking about uh, Metal Gear, and the the password music was so eerie. That's another Konami game. Konami really knew what they were doing with with the NES sound chip. They made some incredible music, and this whole soundtrack also really top notch. But um, this song in particular, very spooky, very Halloweeny. So here is Room from Goonies Two. <laughs> about this is that there is kind of an opposite side of the coin uh, to this song in the game, because sometimes you go into a room and there's like a, an old 
wise man or just, just good things in the room. And the music is incredibly happy. And I don't mean like boppy and jumping up and down like like you just got an Invincible star happy. I mean like relievingly happy. Like I, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's the complete polar opposite of this song. Um, but it maintains like stylistically, so it is the opposite side of the sta- same coin. It's very interesting. But boy, this song, I don't know what it is about it, but it just, it is so eerie to me. Speaking of eerie, boy, I am on point with the transitions tonight. Uh, The next song we're going to listen to is from Super Mario World, and that would be the music for The Ghost House. I'm pretty sure you saw this one coming, because, really, how could I do an episode about spooky Halloween music and not play the Ghost House theme from Super Mario World? This song was written by Koji Kondo who you've heard me talk about on the show before, if you've ever listened to this before, this is the guy that wrote the Super Mario Brothers theme, that wrote the Legend of Zelda theme, and so and so and so forth. Koji Kondo is a living legend. He has written some of the most iconic music throughout all of video game history. Uh, And he's also written this Ghost House theme, which is not exactly the most iconic thing in the history of mankind, but it is a really good tune and relatively spooky. Um... Well, fitting in with the overall Mario aesthetic, because this game, you know, it's it's a Mario game. It's bright and colorful and boppy and sunshiny and, and, and weird and goofy. So, yes, it is spooky, but the ghost houses are rarely actually scary. Um, but this music is really, really great, um, so we're just going to go ahead and listen to it. Here's track number seven, Ghost House, from Super Mario World. One of my favorite things about the Super Mario World soundtrack was that it had one theme that it kind of twisted and turned around for all of the music in the game. And I believe this was the first time that they they used a centralized theme for the entire soundtrack of a Mario game. And I've always really loved that. Like, I remember going through it the first time playing it and, and hearing the two main overworld versions of it, and then going underwater or going into a cave and just hearing... The same kind of, the same kind of melody, but with a totally different style over and over again. 
And this Ghost House one is actually one of the ones that I think is stuck around the most with that uh, theme, because I, they've reused this theme in Super Mario Kart uh, a couple of times on, on Ghost House type levels, so it's just a great track. It's good spooky stuff. Actually, if you just forget it's Mario related, it might it comes off a little bit spookier than that. So we're going to stick with the Super Nintendo for our next track, which is track number eight, and this is, ooh, this is really high on my list as far as tracks we're going to listen to tonight. And this is not the only spooky track in the game. This was a little bit difficult for me to narrow down, but really when it came down to it, I had to go with this song. We're going to be listening to music from Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger was composed by Yasunori Mitsuda, who did music for Xenogears, Chrono Cross, tracks on Kid Icarus Uprising, as well as the original Mario Party, and a little name you may have heard, Nobuo Uematsu, who worked on Rad Racer 1 and 2, 3D World Runner, and the Final Fantasy series. This guy, Nobuo Uematsu, is a friggin' legend, and so is Mitsuda. These... This is one of the great things about the Chrono Trigger soundtrack, is that it was composed by some of the best the industry has ever known. Whether you like the games or not, there's there's no denying that the music from the Final Fantasy franchise is top-notch. And if you've ever played Chrono Trigger, you know the music in Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross are also top-notch. The track we're going to listen to is Magus from Chrono Trigger. This is Magus' theme. Magus is a character who is um, a kind of a dark mage. He is uh, one of the villainous-type characters in the game. I don't want to spoil too much if you've never played Chrono Trigger. Um, but if you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But this music plays when you first approach him. You go to his castle, you've been tracking down this character, you, you go to the castle, and um, you're fighting in all these hallways, you beat up uh, his uh, Slash and Flea, his little cohorts, who are named after musicians, haha. Uh, and then you eventually get to this hallway, and it's, it's, as you walk up this black, black hallway, these flames start lighting up next to you, and this music kicks in. And Magus gives this speech about like the end of the world, and how you, you're never going to defeat him, and he's trying to he's, he's trying to do his own things oh it's just it's it's marvelous because what happens with this music is that it's it is designed to not only work in uh, as as its own piece because it's reprised a couple times throughout the course of the game but this song works um it's timed so the usually you're scrolling through text by pressing buttons but when you get to magus no, it's all timed because it matches the music, and the fight starts at the crescendo. If you've never heard this song before, you're in for a treat. Here is track number eight, Magus, from Chrono Trigger.
So really when you think about it, this isn't a very complicated track. It's just what's so awesome about it is that it's it comes from such emotion. Like you're if if you're like me by the time you get to this point in the game, you are completely soaked up in the story. And this this confrontation with Magus is not only spooky because you're in this oh his castle is so cool looking like from the outside they show it in the beginning of the game it's got this big gargoyle on top of it and there's you know carpets that are red and creepy ghosts and oh it's so eerie and spooky and woo um but this battle with Magus is awesome it's one of the highlights in the game and this song is just so good uh but again kind of like the ghost house from Super Mario World you take it you take that away from it you take all the context away from it and it still works as a good kind of spooky exciting halloweeny type of type of song but there's no way that we're not going to do a chrono trigger episode in the future so if you stick around eventually you're going to hear a lot more about chrono trigger and its music from me uh because this is really one of the best soundtracks of all time now we're going to take a hard left here, because this next track is not going to be spooky in the same sense. The next track we're going to listen to is called At Doom's Gate, from Doom for the PC. Spooky, scary movies are one thing, but the other thing that Halloween's good for is horror movies. And for my money, nothing says horror games quite like Doom and the sound of Doom. Before Doom was intended to be all spooky and scary in Doom 3, Doom 1 and 2 were just bloody, gory action fests. And I loved Doom 1 and 2 so much. I wasn't in Doom for the uh, the jump scares or the satanic storyline or creepiness. I was into Doom for just the sheer thrill of it, the action of it. And, like, there were those creepy moments where you're running around through corridors and you can hear monsters and you're low on health and there's there's high intensity, but there is nothing quite like starting the original Doom and hearing this crazy guitar track just pick right up. And um, as far as I know, the version that we're going to be listening to is it's the earliest version that I could find of the soundtrack of the original Doom for PC. This is what I remember it sounding like when I first played it, which was pretty close to when it first came out. This is the music for the very first stage. This is, you start up Doom, you press whatever selection mode you're going to go into, you start the game, and this music kicks in, and you are ready to kick ass. Here's track number nine, At Doom's Gate, uh, from Doom.
that is an invigorating track. Every time I hear that, I just want to pick up a chainsaw and, and cut things. Not that there was really a chainsaw to be found in the first stage of the game, but you know what I mean. You can... Oh, this game. The sounds of this game. Uh, now, I didn't mention this beforehand. The soundtrack of Doom was by Robert Prince, who uh, did a bunch of other PC games like Rise of the Triad, uh, games in the Commander Keen series, Wolfenstein, and Duke Nukem. It did a lot of stuff with id Software, apparently. Um... Good stuff. Really good stuff. Very just just violent sounding. Very um, uh, evil dead sounding almost. Not that there was like, you know, crazy loud violent uh, guitars in evil dead. But you know what I mean? You just want to pick up a chainsaw and cut some things. The sound design in these in, in Doom 1 and 2 in particular was spectacular. I have There's never been a more satisfying shotgun blast in a video game as far as I'm concerned than the one in the original Doom. It's just out of this world. Speaking of out of this world, we're going to travel to another planet now. We're going to travel to the planet Zebes because track number 10 is from the original Metroid for the Nintendo Entertainment System by Hirokazu Hiptanaka, who... You have heard me talk on this show about this man because he is incredible. He did music for Donkey Kong Jr., Wrecking Crew, the original Kid Icarus, Dr. Mario. The list goes on and on. Look him up, listen to some of our previous episodes. Hirokazu Tanaka is one of my all-time favorites, and his Metroid soundtrack is through the roof incredible. Just an incredible game. Uh, we're going to be listening to Crade's Lair, which is kind of an offshoot of the Brinstar territory of Planet Zebes. And this is a good, creepy sound. And considering, again, that this is a really early NES game, what uh, they were, what Tanaka was able to get out of that system as far as creating an atmosphere is really remarkable. Uh, if you've never played the original Metroid, few games, especially of the era, put forth a level, the feeling of solitude so well as the original Metroid. And that's what made Metroid scary, was that you always felt alone. Like... The game starts off, like, the title screen music is, is eerie enough, but when you're playing in the first chunk of the game in Brinstar, the music is a little superhero-y. It's like, alright, I'm feeling good, I got some power behind me, I can, I can take on these bad guys, but every other section you go to for the rest of the game, besides Brinstar, is eerie music, and none of it's eerier than the music of Kraid's Lair. So uh, I'm going to stop talking about it, and we're just going to listen to it. Here is track number 10... Crade's Lair from Metroid.
again, not uh, much like Magus's theme. It's not an overly complicated track. Um, it's it it you know it's not a long loop. It's just really really creepy, uh, and the area that you're in is really creepy looking too. Like it kind of matches this. It did a very good job of matching the world that you were exploring at the time. And it's just a, <laughs> it's just a great, great track for matching the uh, atmosphere that you're in. Speaking of atmosphere, keeping those transitions going, uh, we're going to move on to The Legend of Zelda The Ocarina of Time for Nintendo 64, soundtrack again by Mr. Koji Kondo. And we're going to be listening to The Forest Temple. There's an argument to be made for the Spirit Temple song to have been on this track list, but for my money, the creepier song, the eerier song, is from my favorite temple in the game, the Forest Temple. I love the look of the Forest Temple. This is the first temple that you go to as an adult, as Link in the Ocarina of Time. If you've never played the game before, really, what's wrong? Get on it. (laughs) It's available on every platform. Not every platform, pretty much every Nintendo platform, but anyway... Uh, you start off the game as a kid, eventually you turn into an adult, and the first temple that you go to as an adult is this forest temple, and it's this old... It's what it sounds like. It's its a temple in the middle of the forest that's very much fallen into disrepair. So there's there's vines and, and spider webs everywhere, and this music is some of the most atmospheric music in any Zelda game. It's really, really creepy. It's It kind of has this ethereal sound going on with these weird kind of shaking drums in the background and this other kind of echoey thing going on. I don't, there's no point in me explaining it. If you've never played this game before, again, you are really in for a treat. Here is some creepy, creepy music from The Legend of Zelda The Ocarina of Time, Forest Temple. stage and this music just going on and on and 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 solving puzzles and 
What's funny about it is that you would occasionally get those kind of cutesy sound effects that go along with The Legend of Zelda, but they were somehow even more unnerving when you were running around in this stage with this creepy music going on. Ah, oh, this level, this whole game, that that game, another great soundtrack. And and for something this good coming out of the N64, I, it's it's no secret that I didn't really like that era in gaming all that much. And uh, the Nintendo 64 had a very strange sound quality to it. Uh, there were some excellent compositions on the N64, but for the most part, that system has a unique sound that I don't love a whole lot. Uh, it was one of my complaints with the Majora's Mask when it came out, was that weird kind of bagpipe-ish sound that it, that it made. There's just something that's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way about the sound of the N64. But Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is one of the games that transcends that. And this track in particular, really, really, it's, it's hard to top it. It's just incredible. But we are on to the last track of the evening. Our 12th track of the night could be nothing else because our last track is Vampire Killer from Castlevania for the NES, again, by Satoi Terashima and Kinuyo Yamashita. Yamashita, sorry. Again, bad at pronouncing these games. Kinuyo Yamashita uh, is known for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for Super Nintendo, uh, some Wily Wars. Uh, the, they did the arrangements for Mega Man the Wily Wars for Sega Genesis, uh, did music for Buffy the Vampire Slayer for Game Boy Advance, and a bunch of music for the Metabots games. Considering this is a person that worked on one of the most legendary soundtracks in the world, the music that has come later in their career is just bizarre. But the name to pay attention to, and the name I'm pretty sure is attributed to writing this song, is Satoi Terashima. Holy crap. That is a name that wrote one of the most iconic songs that came out of the NES, probably the most iconic musical era ever for video games. Vampire Killer is a song that people that don't know games sometimes recognize uh, because it's it's that good and it it permeates everything. But what I like specifically about this version of Vampire Killer is the way that it's so different from every other version that's come since. Now, when you think of Castlevania music, there's kind of a, a general a vibe that comes to mind. Is there's there's kind of slower, creepier tunes, but for the most part, there's these like you know. Oh, I guess gothic rock songs like it's it it always has this very energetic and driving feel to it but the original NES Castlevania and I don't know if this was the intent but the way it always came off to me was much more reserved because the music sounds so quiet the music is is lower in the mix than the sound effects uh for the most part so when this song comes on vampire killer you think or at least I, can, I know a lot of people when they think of this song, they imagine it very upbeat and very driving. But for me, when I first heard it, it was very creepy because it's, it's, it's solemn. It's quiet. It's got a little bit of a beat to it, but there's something about it that just oozes eeriness. So without a doubt, this is probably one of the best Halloween-style songs, really one of the best songs on the NES. It is a fantastic tune. So let's go ahead and listen to it. Our last track of the evening Vampire Killer from Castlevania.
Now, there have been endless remixes and remakes of this song, but this one in particular, nothing, no other version of Vampire Killer has ever felt like this before. Because even when it reappeared on the NES in Castlevania 3, there was much more instrumentation to it. The, the drums were louder. But this version is just the right level of creepy. And the same goes for a lot of this game's soundtrack. Even when the, the soundtrack picks up, uh, there are a lot of songs that have like you know more driving drum beats to them that are a little bit more rock-influenced. But this song and this soundtrack just have an, a creepier vibe to it than than a lot of other NES games. And again, this is Ka this is Konami. Konami killing it again with the soundtracks. What a fantastic group of talent Konami had working for them back in the day. It is such a tragedy what that company looks like now. But Vampire Killer for Castlevania for NES, you can't top that. So we're not even gonna try. That's gonna be our show. Thank you very much for listening. Um, it's been a blast uh, for our very first Halloween episode. Hopefully next year I can come up with a few more creepy tracks to listen to, but in the meantime, feel free to use this soundtrack to the best of your ability. Tune in next time, we'll be catching up with the other Konami cult classic, Rocket Knight Adventures for the Sega Genesis and or Sega Mega Drive. It's possibly the best possum-related soundtrack of all time. As always, I'd love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories of these games, so if you like, you can send them to mail at geekade.com. We'll fill you in all the details soon through our regular social media channels as far as when the next episode is going to come out, so you should totally follow, like, subscribe, or whatever if you haven't already. And while you're at it, check out all the other great content we have over on our site at geekade.com. Thanks again for listening. Happy Halloween.